The South Carolina Senate sends a medicinal use of marijuana bill to the South Carolina House of Representatives. The Senate Medical Affairs Subcommittee hears testimony regarding the Help Not Harm bill, and we talk to two special guests today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome in. It's the Wednesday edition of the program. Happy Valentine's Day to you. It's Wednesday, February 14th in the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding, ding. I fill in that ding for Mitch, who is over at the State House as we record. Glad you're with us on the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. Justin Hall here with you. A lot to get to on the program today. we got two special guests. We're going to hear from Wendy Dameron from the Palmetto Promise Institute uh, discussing some school choice activities. And we'll also have a conversation with Jake Crane of the Daily Wire's Crane & Company talking about an NIL deal, an NIL bill that is being heard currently inside the South Carolina State House, and so we'll talk with him about that and, and a couple other things. Uh, when we have a moment to talk about sports, we gladly take those. We recorded those in advance, so we'll get to those momentarily, but we do want to let you know of some other news that is happening around the state and around the country. The first is that uh, medicinal use of marijuana bill uh, was voted on second reading by a vote of 26 to 17 uh, yesterday afternoon um, after several hours and days of debate even. Uh, That bill is getting a third reading today inside the South Carolina Senate, but that's a perfunctory measure, and it will go to the House of Representatives. And and we've talked about this bill at length. We'll continue to do so as it makes its way through the House process. And and here's the one thing you need to understand. This bill lays the foundation for an eventual switch to recreational marijuana being legalized in South Carolina. I will again mention this. Sure, in this bill, burning leaf is not is not legal. I understand that. But you're still able to vape marijuana. That's a thing um, in this bill. And as I've said before on the show, and I will repeat it again right now, there is no such thing as a conservative marijuana bill. There is no such thing as a conservative piece of legislation that in any way legalizes the use of marijuana in any capacity. That's not conservatism. It never has been, and according to definition and how words work, it never will be. So there's no conservative bill that allows for the use of marijuana in any way, shape, or form. And again, we've said this repeatedly, that if there's legislation that is approved by the FDA, prescribed by a licensed doctor, and the, and the prescription can be filled by a licensed pharmacist, then gladly will support that bill. This bill does not have that. And um, that's why we're opposed to it. I mean, it, it, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It opens up too much of Pandora's box, and I think we know what that means. Every state that has legalized medicinal use has within four to five years, switched to full recreational usage. And to think and to be so uh, consumed by the idea that, well, South Carolina is different, it just doesn't make much sense. I'm sorry. It just doesn't compute with me uh, that that makes sense at all. Today as well in the South Carolina Senate Medical Affairs Subcommittee, that committee heard testimony for over almost three hours Uh, regarding House Bill 4624, which is the Help Not Harm Bill. This bill 
if passed by the Senate and signed into law by Governor McMaster, would prohibit the use of cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and gender reassignment surgery on minors. And as someone who watched that nearly three hours of testimony, I can tell you that um, my classic argument, which is, if it's not happening here, then you won't mind me banning it, has never been more appropriate than right now. The prevailing argument against the bill is, number one, that if you pass this bill, kids are going to kill themselves. We have studies, and more and more of these are coming out as we get more data. Again, this is an ever-changing mechanism. The transgender movement is a... It certainly is not a new phenomenon and that this has been happening for years, but in the terms of the exponential increase of young people identifying as transgender, uh, we're, we're waiting for new studies to come out, and it takes time. But we do see studies um, in our country and overseas that show that it is actually a fact that those who go through with gender, quote, affirming care experience more suicidal ideation than they did before going through the treatments. So the classic line trotted out today, of course, was that, you know, if if teachers are allowed to out students, and, and by out we mean if a student is doing something at school that it appears the parent should be made aware of, and the teacher makes the parent aware of that, then... They need to tell them, and they have to tell them under this under this proposed legislation. The argument was, well, if that happens, the student's going to kill themselves. That's show me. Don't give me anecdotal evidence. Please give me empirical data that that proves that out. Not only that, but we also heard that well, gender affirming care is how they're quoting it, or uh, gender reassignment surgery. So genital mutilation is not happening in the state of South Carolina. And in fact, they made the argument. It was interesting that those who are opposed to the bill actually said, well, general mutilation is already illegal under state code. Well, then great. You won't mind me writing a new code, which does the same thing. But no, no, this is redundant. We can't do that. Also, it's not happening here, but it would be really great if it is, and so you shouldn't ban it because it's not happening here, but you also shouldn't ban it because it would be a good thing if it did. As I've said on multiple occasions, if it's not happening here, you won't mind me banning it. And again, I I empathize with those who are uh, parents dealing with these situations. It's 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 heartbreaking. It is scary. It is hard. It is something that is unfathomable. But w- my question is, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's unfathomable and hard? Is it perhaps that intrinsically we understand that we are created male and female, there's really no in-between, and there's nothing outside of those two? Perhaps we innately and intricately understand that fact. And therefore, it makes it hard to deal with these situations. And again, this bill in no way harms those who are transgender. What it does is it seeks to promote 
more mental health services than those that are considered medically okay when it comes to putting children on cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers, not in that order. What this bill is saying and what we are saying as proponents of the legislation and those who have worked hard to help introduce this legislation along with uh, some of our allies is that perhaps instead of going straight to the medical medication um, to stop puberty or the gender reassignment surgery, the mutilation of children, whether whether with their genitalia or with what they call top surgery, uh, perhaps we should focus more on the mental health side of things and determine what's causing these feelings of gender dysphoria, which up until the DSM-5, it was ruled as a disorder. And the DSM-5 changed it uh, to just gender dysphoria instead of gender identity disorder. And so there's a lot going on inside the state house, uh, but we have two special interviews with you today. Uh, first, these are going to be back to back. These were recorded yesterday. Uh, the first interview is with Jake Crane of Crane and Company over at the Daily Wire. They host a daily sports show uh, on their YouTube channel as well as on the Daily Wire. So we're going to talk with him about the NIL legislation, and then you'll hear from Mitch Prosser and Wendy Dameron uh, talking about Palmetto Promise and what they've got going on with school choice. And we are here with Jake Crane of Crane & Company. We had Jake on, oh gosh, this was before football season started. So last fall, we had him on to talk uh, college football. is just a fun segment. And for what it's worth, I was incredulous that Jake said South Carolina was going to struggle to uh, re reacquiesce themselves to the success they had in 2022. I thought that was absurd. Uh, he nailed it. They went 5-7. and seven. So we're going to have him back on here now uh, to talk about something specific. But, Jake, happy to have you back with us here. No, man, I, I appreciate you guys having me. I really love what y'all got going on. And, yeah, look, I mean, I'm, I, I'm a big Shane Beamer guy. I do think he's going to get it right. But, look, you got to call it like you see it. And, and it, I, I knew they were going to struggle up front on both sides of the ball. And look, is that, that's like a buffet serving just sides. It's, it's not going to work. At least right. not in this game. You got and, some steaks some chicken. Exactly. And I think they, you know, again, we'll, we'll circle back to this at some point, but I, I think they addressed that in the, in the recruiting cycle. I think they addressed it in the transfer portal. And it just so happens though, that you, uh, you coordinate that with also losing your top wide receiver, both of them and, and your quarterback that could very well be climbing draft boards here in a couple of weeks, but we'll get to that in a second. The reason I've got, uh, I wanted to bring Jake on today is to talk about the world of NIL. And if you're not familiar with that, that is name, image, and likeness. Um, it is the reason why we have not had an NCAA college football video game for the better part of a decade. Uh, we're getting one of those though again, this summer, supposedly. But name, image, and likeness has been uh, widely debated. And, and and listen, it is what it is in college football at this point. I have people uh, that I talk with on a daily basis that are that just, you know, rend their garments and put ash on their faces. And the college football is dead. And nothing is the same ever again. And I think one of those things is true, Jake. And in the state of South Carolina, we do have a bill uh, that is making its way, matriculating, if you will, through the state house. House Bill 4957. Let's just give you the basic understanding here. It will allow under state law that the universities, so South Carolina, Clemson, Coastal Carolina, Walford Furman, whomever to an extent, the university 
will run their NIL programs. It will not be just, so for South Carolina, for example, uh, Park Avenue and Garnet Trust, they're out of the purview of the university. Those would be absorbed and the university would control it. And I think, Jake, when, when we're in the world of the NIL, this is the pathway that makes the most sense as we move forward in this new era. Well, look, when, when it comes to NIL, I, I mean, guys were getting paid before NIL. Jimbo right. Fisher said it best. You know, we've been doing NIL for a long time. Y'all, y'all just now started finding <laughs> out about it. Right. But uh, here's what I'm a fan of. Having some rules. Yep. See, to me, I thought NIL was going to be if Bryce Young wants to do a deal with Dr. Pepper, then Bryce Young's representation, because you can have that now, reaches out to Dr. Pepper or vice versa, or however it works, and they do a deal together. Right. Well, then we had these collectives jump in, mm-hmm. right, and kind of add another middleman to and, and, and make the equation, you know, uh, uh, adding another step to the equation instead of it just being between the player and the product. And, but there was no rules. That's what makes what the NCAA is doing to Tennessee, whether you love them, hate them, or whatever, and Florida State and some of these other schools so ridiculous mm-hmm. is because they let this thing out with no rules, right. just like they let the transfer portal out basically with no rules. At the same just time. Just like they let um, – yeah, at the same time, right? And, and then you mix NIL with the transfer portal, and it becomes a monster. So, look, I'm just for having some sort of rules, the buttoning this thing up, it is the most common sense option, and typically the most common sense option is the best one. But just in general, regardless of the rule, I'm just glad that there are some rules now right. so we can maybe operate going forward. And I think we're moving ever closer. You've got, obviously, Tennessee and Virginia dealing with a lawsuit against the NCAA right now. My argument is if this violates antitrust laws now, then it certainly violated them in 1998 uh, or 2008. And I think you're going to see more former college athletes who may have a bone to pick with the NCAA, and that's the nicest way I can put it. Uh, they'll begin to sue the NCAA as well. I think we are within within the time frame of four to five years. We're already seeing the Big Ten and the SEC sort of ally themselves. Now, this is not the kind of alliance that the ACC and the Big 12 and the Pac-12 had because that thing didn't even exist. But this sort of is building to a point where I do believe that college football at the bare minimum is going to become its own entity. And we could see revenue-sharing models. Um, You're a player in the SEC. So because you're a player in the SEC, just simply on that front, you're going to get X amount of dollars just for being a student athlete. Uh, I I think we're moving in that direction, and I agree with you. The more rules we have, I'm I'm okay with a guy. Listen, I'm a capitalist. I'm a red-blooded American capitalist, and I believe that you should be able to go make money any way you see fit, as long as it's within the bounds of the law. And who's to stop a college player from, you know, signing a deal with a car dealer uh, for a certain amount of money? As long as we have rules around that, and as long as we all understand what those rules are, and everybody's rules are basically the same, we don't have a problem. The problem came when the NCAA, as you said, released uh, Transfer Portal and NIL with no guidelines, no restrictions, no guardrails, just, hey, guys, have at it. And I don't know if you've heard from coaches on this front, Jake, but coaches want yeah. rules. Coaches don't want Wild Wild West. They yes. want rules. 
Yeah, uh, because rules at least let you know where you stand, what you can do, and and really how to operate it. And then, speaking about capitalism, whoever operates it the best is going to have the most success. Now, you have to have resources, but that comes with the job. Yeah, look, this is like Dr. Frankenstein somehow being shocked that when he let the monster (laughs) out, it started ripping villagers apart. Like, you did this, and you did it all at once. So, uh, again, the rev share model, what what you were talking about, I think that's where we're going. Right, because you're right. The NCAA, that's what, that's why I continue to believe that the NCAA is full of those, and we all know this person. Heck, you you may be the person if you're out there listening, but the smartest dumb people in the world, (laughs) that's who I think works at the NCAA. Like the person who can do a Rubik's Cube in like 30 seconds, but doesn't look both ways before crossing the street. Like we all know that type of person. I feel like they all work at the NCAA. I don't understand why they wouldn't retreat back and say, listen, college football, y'all can have it. Just let us keep March Madness, this, that, and the other. Come together to get some type of governance, even though they're going to lose all their power in college football, uh, but remain relevant in the other sports. But that's not what they do. They just attack and attack and try and hold on like they're on a cliff to some semblance of power, and then it does nothing but anger these institutions more and more, and now the big dogs are coming together against you. And let's not pretend like there's going to be any sort of ruling or judgment that goes against a player right now. We've heard coaches say that. If you're the NCAA, it doesn't matter. You're not going to beat a player's right to get paid or whatever you're trying to go after in court. So it's futile, which just makes it stupid. And who knows if we get to that point where we start calling them employees. We'll see if we get to that point. I don't know if we will, but the NCAA is made up of of nameless, faceless people. I don't know. Who are these people? I have no idea who they are. I don't know their names, uh, except for except for the former governor that runs it now. All right, so that's our NIL bit. I want to get to a couple other things here before we get out of here. Super Bowl 58, obviously, the big story is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Uh, just kidding. The the fact that the Super Bowl became the most watched telecast since the moon landing, this Super Bowl did, by the way, and, and some things I'm seeing. Um, Patrick Mahomes uh, gets the ball in overtime. It, it amazed me that we had an overtime period and only saw two possessions of the football, one for each team. Um, and I was prepared for a double overtime uh, in the Super Bowl. I didn't expect Kansas City to run that play when they did. But, uh, Jake, are we seeing... Are we officially calling Kansas City a dynasty now with their third Super Bowl in half a decade? I mean, yeah, you, you've got to, right? I mean, three out of five. I mean, we, yeah, yeah I, I would call it a dynasty. But here's, obviously, the Taylor Swift effect was real. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, they estimated before the Super Bowl that she had brought in, you know, $500 million somehow to the to the NFL overall, something nuts like that. But when you have a 124.3 million people tune into a telecast, I mean, you got to give her a little bit of credit at some point. Listen, I'm as sick of it as anybody. I'm just, I hope it's over now. I'm almost just glad we got to this point. Uh, as far as the game, yeah, the, it, it ended up being a really good game. It, it was sloppy, in my opinion. Not mm-hmm. like it was some incredible defensive battle for two and a half quarters. I thought the offenses were sloppy. You had turnovers in the red zone. You had penalties. How many times were teams in second and 13 or third and 15? It seemed mm-hmm. like we lived uh, just a, a, in a punt fest for the first two and a half quarters. So it ended up being a good game. And look, I mean, at this point, that's why I don't bet against Mahomes. I didn't right. bet against him in the Super Bowl. I'm just not doing it. I'm just not doing it. But yeah, I, I would consider them a dynasty. He's he's unreal. And um, 
He makes throws that very well, that few can make. That defense was unreal, too, though. Yeah. That defense yeah. was the best part of the team, in my opinion. Well, Steve Spagnolo, I, I believe Spags deserves another opportunity as a head coach somewhere. Um, Dude, he's, he he's, is, he's incredible. He and Wilkes, I think, I, again, I get Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, offensive masterminds going back and forth, and Kyle Shanahan might become that newest guy who just can't get it done. But Spagnolo and Wilkes, that chess match in the first half and in the second half and in overtime, um, really well coached games. It was sloppy at times, like you mentioned. It it was it was ugly, but good. It was a good kind of ugly. It wasn't unwatchable. Not like that Rams uh, Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, Tom Brady's uh, last one in New England. It wasn't mm-hmm. like that. That this one was enjoyable to watch, even though it was a bit ugly. Um, so NFL season's done. Uh, Major League Baseball coming down the pike. But here in South Carolina, we mentioned the coaches earlier. Uh, the big story here in our state, Jake. Uh, Dawn Staley continues to win basketball games, and her team, without their best player, who was down playing for Brazil's national team, uh, they won two games this week by a combined 56 points, and they did it uh, over over one team and then also UConn. Um, South Carolina women's basketball is the best program in the country. You can't convince me otherwise. They might not have the best player. That might be Caitlin Clark, but they're the best team, and they should be in the Final Four. The surprise is the men's basketball team. Um, who have won seven games in a row in conference. They are tied atop the SEC standings. They got a big game against uh, uh, somebody who might enjoy Auburn. Uh, They got a game against the Auburn Tigers on Wednesday night down in the jungle. Um, The state of South Carolina, Clemson included, has really uh, taken the world of college basketball by storm this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, What, in your opinion, uh, what's South Carolina men's basketball's ceiling? Uh, this year? Is it an SEC regular season title? Is it a deep run in the tournament? Or or do you see them sort of relegating back to the mean? Well, you know, when I look at South Carolina, it's obviously been an incredible job by Lamont Paris. Everybody knows that. Everybody listening knows that. But I think the most impressive part is, look, they've got some some pretty good players. So they've got, I mean, the, the young kid, the freshman down low, who mm-hmm. went absolutely nuts last week. Uh, uh, Boyles Thompson, I, I think it is, if, if I got that right. Uh, he's, he's a really good player. Michi's good. They just got a bunch of really good players. They almost remind me of Auburn a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Auburn's a little bit deeper, but they all know who they – they know who they are as a team, identity-wise. They want to slow you down. They want to turn it into kind of a grind fest, get into their stuff on offense, and hit timely shots with guys like Cooper, and, and it seems like everybody steps up and yeah. hits shots. They're good down low with Gray uh, as well, being able to come in and kind of be an enforcer down there. When I look at ceiling, I think a lot of it is what's around them in college basketball. I mean, I guess maybe you could say that UConn has kind of separated themselves as the best team in the country, but it's not like way, way better than, than the next best team. I think there's mm-hmm. a ton of parity, and I think people forget, and this is why I love March Madness. I think it's the greatest postseason in sports. These games are played on a neutral court in March. Yep. So defense and pace and rebounding – that travels. The shooting's going to come and go. You got to win six tournaments to, or six games to win the NCAA tournament. Who are the teams that can win the most ways, and who are the teams that can control the pace of the game? Yep. South Carolina's basketball team is almost like a, a, a football team that has a really good run game. It then opens up play action, and they can stop the run on defense. They slow you down and grind you out. They're like a boa constrictor, and that that plays in March. So. Look, I think Elite Eight is in the cards, possibly. And in this year, who knows? Because 
there's a bunch of really good teams, but I don't think there's that elite dominant team. Yeah, you got, I mean, you're just looking at it. You got Michi Johnson, Talon Cooper, Colin Murray Boyles, uh, BJ Mack. Yeah, um, Murray Boyles, yeah. It, 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 this team, and Murray Boyles as a freshman, just topped 30 points against Vanderbilt. He's getting better and better and better as the season goes on. He's athletic, he's strong, and apparently he's got a three-point shot. Apparently. We haven't seen it yet. Mm. But word out of practice and shoot-arounds is the kid can shoot from outside. Well, they haven't needed yeah, it yet. I don't need it Wednesday. Wait until after Wednesday. Well, there's a big game Wednesday night, 8.30, uh, in the jungle, down there down there on the plains. Uh, South Carolina and Auburn. That will be number 11 South Carolina against number 13 or yeah. 14 Auburn. Who saw that coming? No one did. Right now, many project South Carolina to be a four seed in the tournament. Clemson is a five seed projected right now in the tournament. And, of course, on the women's side, South Carolina uh, and and Coach Dawn Staley, the Magic Johnson of women's basketball, they're doing their thing on that side. And so uh, a lot going on in the world of athletics, uh, whether it's college, whether it's pro. And, of course, we've got actual legislation that matters that could shape the NIL fortunes um, for all universities in the state of South Carolina and the student-athletes. And I think that's what's important, too. I think the NCAA forgot about that a long time ago, that there are student-athletes that are playing. They're not just pawns for entertainment. Although, uh, college athletics is extremely entertaining, and that's why we love talking about it. So, uh, Jake, for those who don't know, how can they uh, listen and also watch uh, one of the best uh, sports programs going right now? No, I, I appreciate you saying that. Look, uh, if you uh, watch uh, your sports shows, the easiest place to find us is on YouTube. It's Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company. Uh, we go live each weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central. We take live calls, have a live chat. Uh, we, If you can't catch us live, it stays on there the whole time. If you listen, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, man, we have a really good time and, and talk a little bit of everything, and I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Of course. That's Jake Crane from Crane and Company, that's part of the Daily Wire, so they're all there. Um, and and we appreciate you, Jake, jumping on and talking about a, a, a litany of different things. And, you know, we disagree on the Auburn-South Carolina thing, but we're looking forward to a great game <laughs> on this Wednesday night. Yeah. 8.30 is the tip time uh, for that ball game. It's a Valentine's Day uh, edition of college basketball, so one of us is going to leave with a broken heart. But I think it's a win-win either way. <laughs> college basketball, you can lose and move up in the rankings. So uh, I don't think that necessarily yep. matters. Appreciate Jake joining us, and we'll have him on uh, in the next couple of months here uh, to talk about a sport that we agree on, and that would be Major League Baseball as we watch the Atlanta Braves go for yet another World Series this year. Jake, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Hey, anytime. And look, Braves, my body's ready. I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> there you go. That's all that matters. Jake Crane from Crane & Company joining us here on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. As always, we are honored when we have uh, special guests on the strongest and fastest-growing conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. This one, the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Today, joined by a friend, a personal friend, and an ally of Palmetto Family, Palmetto Promise Institute, and their executive director and president, Wendy Dameron. Thank you so much for joining us. Mitch, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I I'm just uh, really honored to be talking to your audience about uh, something really, really important today. Yes, absolutely something important, something that has been talked about for a very long time. Yes. A very long time. Um, in fact, we've pointed to other states uh, like Indiana, Florida, 
and the whole idea of education freedom and school choice opportunity. Tell us a little bit of the genesis of what we're talking about today, um, how we got where we are, at least in the last year, and then we'll talk a little bit about what is going on. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. This is something that Palmetto Promise and Palmetto Family have actually been working together quite closely on, and and this is something that uh, we've been working on for probably eight years in South Carolina, and as we've been working on it here and and trying to get it passed, uh, the rest of some of the states in the rest of the country have really blown past us here in South Carolina and have established universal school choice. I mean, we're talking about Arizona, Oklahoma, Florida, they all have many more options for their students than we do. And so um, we are excited that in 2023, here in South Carolina, we finally passed our very first education scholarship account, also known as ESA bill, um, which allows for 5,000 low-income families in South Carolina to choose the education that fits their child best. So um, that means that they can take some of the funds that are used to educate their child and go to a private school, a Christian school, Catholic school, uh, basically um, create a customized education for their child's needs. So we're really excited about that. Absolutely. And and so there are some stipulations to this, and we're going to walk through that in just a minute. Yes. You know, one of the things that, uh, as you so wonderfully described, as we've formed this partnership and ally uh, in Palmetto Promise with Palmetto Family over the years, one of the things that I think I've heard and myself say and, and your organization uh, say so many times is that all boats rise in the tide of competition. And there's this there's this growing notion that there are better alternatives. And even if there aren't better alternatives, the idea of options is better for not just students, but their parents as they raise those children. And so the ESA bill, now law in the state of South Carolina, is an opportunity. Yes, It's freedom for parents to say, and, and no one's saying, because that's one of the things that we've heard, no one is saying you can't put your children in public school. Of course. Of yes. course not. Yes. If, if you want to leave your kids in public school, that's great. And the vast majority of kids will Absolutely. stay in public school. There's no question about it. But if you believe that you want to explore freedom, opportunity, choice, whatever, whatever other word you want to say for it, yes. then this is for you. Correct. This is for you. And while it may you may not qualify... You've got friends, family, loved ones, or someone in your church, community, neighborhood that does qualify. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about who does qualify. You said there are 5,000 students in the first year that will qualify for the program. Yes. So what, are, what are some of the criteria that have to be met in order to qualify for ESA? Well, great. Thank you so much. for So for this first year... Um, you have to be at 200% of the poverty federal poverty line or below. So just for an example, that is about $60,000 for a family of four. Um, the more children you have, the more in your family, the mm-hmm. higher that number mm-hmm. goes up. And if you go to scschoolchoice.com, you'll be, you can 
There'll be a link there. Good job. You're, you're getting, you're getting the hang of this <laughs> yeah. quick. There'll be a link there to show you the different, you know, your family size and then your poverty, 200% of private, what that means mm-hmm. for you. Um, you also have to be currently attending public school. So unfortunately the way it's written now is that if, even if you fall below that income requirement, um, if you are, your child is currently in a private school, you do not qualify for the program. And that's a big one because that, and that's probably the number one question that I've been asked is I'm currently in a private Christian classical school. Yes. Do we qualify? And the answer right now under current state law is no. Right. Um, there are a few exceptions to that specifically K four. That's right. Um, yes. If you are entering kindergarten, then that prior public school requirement does not apply to you. So you could be going to a private K-4 program mm-hmm. and still continue on into a private kindergarten. So that is one exception that is a significant exception. If yes. you if you currently have a student, I, I highly doubt any K-4 students listening to us right now. <laughs> um, if you are, hi, nice to, nice to <laughs> see you in the back of your mommy's car. Um, but if you have a K-4 student, then you can go to uh, the website SC uh, School Choice and check it out. Um, yes. What else? Are there any other stipulations? Um, you have to go and apply by March 15th. Now, this is the big one, ladies Very and gentlemen. Very important. Listen to this part. Yes, you must go on to, uh, go on to scschoolchoice.com. You will find frequently asked questions to learn more, and you will find a link to the Department of Education website where the application is, and you will need some information, you know, your tax returns and things like that to um, prove that you are eligible. And then we're hearing it takes about two weeks to hear back on whether you are approved to participate. Um, And at the same time, there's another thing that makes it a little complicated, schools are also applying to uh, become providers in this program. And so we have had quite a few schools sign up so far, but, um, but they're going to be continually signing up for the rest of the year. So um, the best thing I can advise I'm going to do is there's a school you have in mind that's in your neighborhood that you'd really love your child to go to pick up the phone, give them a call, find out if they're participating in this. There's a chance they may not even know about it. Right. I mean, we are trying to get the word out to them, but if they don't know about it, they can go to the same website, scschooljoyce.com, and we've got information there for providers as well and a links for them to apply to become part of the program. So we are actually trying to get out the word to both sides uh, right now, the providers and the students. So if you are listening to this right now and you meet those criteria or know people that would meet one of those criteria, uh, you need to go to scschoolchoice.com. That's scschoolchoice.com and find out more information about the ESA law that is going to provide freedom and opportunity to at least 5,000 kids, children, students across the state of South Carolina. That number is going to grow in years to come. Mm -hmm. This year, you have until March the 15th. Is that right? That's right. March the 15th to register, to sign up, to become part of what is the very first step in many more steps yes. to become uh, a state where education choice is an opportunity for everyone. Yes. And if you're not eligible, but you are um, involved somehow in a school, 
a private school that has a mission to to reach uh, low-income families, please give them a call. Let them know if or at, tell them if they don't know about the program. See if they know about it. If they don't, send them to schoolchoice.com to learn more. And uh, we'd love to get them on board and get them um, get them involved in this program so they can start accepting these uh, the the children. Um, that are eligible for the scholarships into their programs. So um, we'd love to get as many schools involved as possible. So there's a private or Christian school somewhere close to you. Yes. And you need to call them to find out if they're not. If they're not registered, then you need to send them to scschoolchoice.com where they can get signed up to do that. Wendy, thank you so much for joining the Palmetto Family Matters show and uh, thank you so much for spearheading this effort. I know that it's it's taken a lot of hard work, but you and the team there at uh, Palmetto Promise are doing an outstanding job. Well, thank you so much for having me. And again, I'm just so excited to speak to your audience because I know that uh, you are some of the most connected people in the state. So I know this is going to be um, a huge help to helping us get our word out here. Awesome. One more time. If you're listening to this, it's in the show notes as well. Go to scschoolchoice.com to learn more and apply to become a part of the ESA program, Education, Choice, and Freedom here in the state of South Carolina. And we really appreciate both uh, Jake and Wendy taking the time to talk with us uh, and and bring in new perspectives on some different issues uh, on today's program. We appreciate both of them. Again, if you want to follow their work, you can do that. We gave those to you in the interviews, and of course, we'll have those available to you um, in the show notes and on our social media as well. A lot going on on this Wednesday, on this February the 14th, in the year of our Lord 2024. We hope you are doing well and hope that as you move forward this week that you will get connected with us. Go to palmettofamily.org, scroll down to the bottom of the page, click on that email newsletter uh, contact form, sign up for our email newsletter. You'll get our updates uh, throughout the weeks as we deal with legislation inside the state house. You can also download the Palmetto Family Council app there. You can get push notifications letting you know about specific legislation, and you can also connect with your legislators, your representatives, and your senators. It's important for you to do as well. And if you like the show, if you like what we're doing, we appreciate that. If you could, hit that subscribe button. It's free to do. We encourage you to do that, and then give us a five-star rating and review. Uh, That'll push us up further in those search results, and we want more and more people to know about our program. Again, it's because of you that we've become the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. And for that, we thank you. And so for Mitch Prosser and our entire team at Palmetto Family, I am Justin Hall. Thank you so much for listening to today's edition of the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. Enjoy your Valentine's Day, gentlemen. Um, If you're listening to this and it's still Wednesday and you have not gotten anything for your significant other, uh, that that wife or or that girlfriend, go do that right now, please, for your own sake. Have a happy Valentine's Day, and we'll talk to you guys on Friday right here on the Palmetto Family Matters Show.